This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. we got a question for us today, Pastor Michael. Should I, as a Christian, be involved in deliverance ministries? And let's start off by just explaining what is a deliverance ministry? <laughs> if you if you've seen the movie Deliverance, the first ten minutes will that is not what we're talking about. Oh, in the deliverance not ministries. deliverance like. <laughs> okay, so deliverance ministry is a ministry that is um, focused on casting demons out of people, that delivering people from spiritual oppression, demonic oppression, or demonic possession. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, I'm big picture. That is, um, that's what it is. It takes on really interesting, we'll say nuances depending on where you go. So if you're on more of the evangelical charismatic um, side of things, you're going to get much more into, uh, we'll we'll say um, really intense prayer ministries that um, usually um, have with them a uh, we'll just say exorcism ministries. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you go on the Catholic side of things, and you have priests who have rituals for casting out demons. Yes, and whatnot. they have a whole ritual to cast out a demon. Yep, and the Vatican has a, a a subset of priests that are focused on that. That's why you'll see many movies that reference um, that position because it, it that does exist in that realm. Um, and so, um, and then in between, there are circumstances where. Um, People will wonder, is this demonic oppression or not? You'll get to more um, health and wealth prosperity churches, and they their deliverance ministries will be more about casting out a spirit of anger or yes. a spirit of poverty. Mm-hmm. And, and so depending on like what you're talking about, deliverance ministries can look really different. And they're all basically really weird. So, I mean, I'll just call it what it is. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying they're weird um, because it's it's a an experience that most people – aren't familiar with especially christians here in the united states now maybe in third world countries it's more more common and very popular but we don't see it quite as much yep for sure us and we and and our our context creates our perspective yes you know so i'll share with you um personal experience and um and this is where oftentimes my personal experience does not get in the way of my theology too much um, but I've been in the room firsthand with a girl that I have known who was full on demonically possessed by a demon who named mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like that was one of the, I will just say most concerning circumstances I'd ever seen. Um, five days prior to that event, I was, I was studying spiritual warfare. And so I asked God, would you show me whether or not this is real? Well, five days later, this well, girl is in my dorm room at Michigan State, and um, three very large men could ver- barely keep her down. Mm. Um, the following day, she had no recollection of anything that had happened. And so on the one hand, I look at this, and um, but I'll be honest, like we prayed over her in Jesus' name. Like there was no, uh, it was just pure resistance. When yes. she passed out physically, she woke up and then whatever was in her was gone. Again, mm-hmm. no recollection. Um, and, and so as I say that, I want to put on the front end, my experience informs my theology, but does not determine my theology. So here's, I, I think, maybe just a simple distinction to make that I'm not sure what to do this, but it, but it is. So Jesus and the apostles 
um, and we'll just say that early apostolic experience, they cast demons out regularly. That's right. There was no fear of it. They would, and they even seemed to cast out demons out of somebody who wasn't even a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost as if the point was, um, we're here to show that Jesus really is who he says he That's is. That's right. And the, the question is, people read the New Testament and they think, are these normative or are these apostolic? Meaning, um, there are things that the Bible uh, or God gave the uh, apostles the ability to do that were there to validate their their, their calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, But here's the deal. We don't see people with an actual ministry anymore uh, being able to lay hands and measurably heal at will. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't heal. So all the people who are like all reactive and like, well, you're saying God doesn't heal. I'm just saying that I have never seen nor heard of a single individual who has the um, authority to go use that spiritual gift when they want Christians or non-Christians right. to heal. Because the way that Jesus and the apostles did this is fundamentally different. Right Now, I do see people get healed. Like, I, mm-hmm. let, me, let me actually rephrase that and be honest. Um, I see, I have heard from people I trust of people getting measurably healed in big ways. Right. Okay. I've never personally seen that. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But so like there are things though that the apostles did at will that people cannot do. People now. can't do today. They can't do today, and that's and that is fine. Um, we don't need to be freaked out that God gave the apostles and people in that time an ability to do things that we can't do anymore. They were validating Jesus, the mm-hmm. work of the Holy Spirit, who they were, the foundation of the Word of God. Very different time than we have today. Now, having said that, though, demons and demonic activity are very real and yes. very present even today. Absolutely. So, like, ab hundred percent. Right. Uh, I don't see a demon around every corner, but I'm pretty sure they're there. <laughs> yes. So in the New Testament, when Paul and, and Peter and the author of Hebrews and the author of Revelation, John, when they're writing, they talk about Satan frequently. Yes. But they never, ever, ever talk about casting out demons. Mm. In fact, um, here there, there, there are a couple assumptions. Number one is... When non-Christians have demons, we're never told to do anything with them, like at all. Right. In any way. Christians are not able to have demons inside of them. We could be oppressed, right? Mm -hmm. But possessed is a different category. Right. And here is the New Testament formula from Peter to Paul. Um, Resist the devil and he will flee. Right. Stand firm and he will run away. Yes resist him and he can't resist you back mm-hmm. meaning let's be candid right if i stood face to face with satan he would try to petrify me with fear by faith i would need to stand toe to toe with him look him in the face and say get out of here mm-hmm. and if i resist him he is required because of the spirit of god in me greater is he who is in you than he was in yes. the world he would be required to leave that's the biblical model mm-hmm. now so it's interesting to me that we have this um early example of Jesus and the apostles doing these things, but those things are never told by the church to continue to do them. In fact, we're told to do something different, which is to resist and stand firm. Mm -hmm. So should Christians be involved in deliverance ministries? If you're in a deliverance ministry, you're probably going to hate this podcast because you're going to (laughs) be like, well, everybody should be involved. They're everywhere, you know? And 
And uh, there is there is a group of people who believe that all bad things happen because of demonic activity. God's will is good. Satan's is bad. Therefore, if it's bad, it must be Satan. Or I'm struggling with this sin. It must mean demonic oppression. And it's like, well, there also is this nasty little thing called the flesh. The flesh and sin. Yeah. That- resides inside of us. Yeah, like I'd love to blame Satan for all my stupidity, but really I just chose it. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I'm stupid, you know, and so is he and he influences, but I'm responsible. So um I I, I think my simple answer would be most likely not because very few people can do it well. Well, yeah. And then you're focusing on the demonic rather than focusing on what God is doing. Right. And pff, that's what's so concerning. Because if if someone is possessed, um, the last thing they need is that demon cast out because Jesus says that demon gets cast out. He comes back with seven more. Who That's are right. What that person needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Right. And when the Holy Spirit is inside of them, no demon can get back there in them go. because they are officially protected. My gut would say um, the best way to deal with demon possessed non-Christian non-Christians is the proclamation of the gospel, which mm-hmm. is God's power to save. That's right. If there is oppression um, from demonic forces, the 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 two basic remedies are pray and stand firm. Mm-hmm. Like pray and stand firm. Uh, we could throw in a third one, which is you stand firm with the word of God, right? Um, believing truth, articulating it. But um, mm-hmm. and that's how Jesus really repelled Satan in, in the wilderness. He just preached God's word to him. That's right. And, the truth uh, of God's word. Satan couldn't stand. He resisted him. He stood firm. He just and Satan leaves. And so, I, I, uh, Tim, I would agree with you. Our focus needs to be on resisting Satan uh, with the word of God, with prayer, standing firm. If we do that. Uh, this whole idea of a deliverance ministry kind of goes kind of goes yeah. out the window. Um, there are many Christians who have given open doors in their lives to Satan by pure disobedience, yes. by engaging in um, spiritual practices that are not Christian, um, New Age practices and whatnot. And again, I would say the remedy for that kind of oppression is going to be the Word of God, prayer, and resisting. Mm-hmm. That's the at least the New Testament model. Um, after this initial age of the apostles. Thanks for joining us today, listeners. Please do us three favors. Submit a question to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on that link that says Q&A podcast. Second, be sure to share this podcast with a friend or a family member. And third, rate and review this podcast by going to the iTunes store. Thanks for joining us today. Join us next time when we answer the question, is Roman Catholicism considered a cult?